So here we go, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, the show where the Carrow Army share their thoughts on all things town. I hope you all had a good week. Uh, it's been a week of when we beat Exeter, a long trip to Devon. We beat them on telly and we got knocked out in the Peter Trophy. Uh, no Wembley trip for us in that competition once again. But it is what it is. Um, I'm joined this week by two fine gentlemen and Alex and Brad to bring us a nice little threesome. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. That's not even a funny joke. People will be going, what are you doing, Ross? But um, anyway, we've got a lot of things to talk about. Exeter, Papa John's, um, the strike, Tony Miller and Buxton coming to town in the second round of the FA Cup. So let's get right into it then. Let's bring in Alex. Always a pleasure, my friend. It's been a while. I saw you in Exeter. It was just great to see you. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me um, back on. It's been a long time. Um, and yeah, it was great to see you at Exeter. And it was great to get an away win. Um, I actually I actually prefer us away, away from home. I think we've. It, I think it helps us. I think it helps us switch playing away from home. It's just easier for us. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good day. I was coming down from Bristol, so it wasn't a huge trip for me. And um, yeah, good to see you. Always great to get a win. I'm clocking up as many games as I can. Now I'm doing pretty well this year. It's been my best, my best season on record. So uh, yeah, thanks for having me back on. Top man, always a pleasure, my friend. And of course, we'll get more into Exeter soon. We'll, we'll do more of a, a snap thoughts because I'm sure you guys have heard enough about Exeter's win. But we've got to mention it still, haven't we? Because it's great. And the final man joining us is good old Brad. Always, always a pleasure. It's my favourite word nowadays. Always a pleasure, but it is. Um, but Brad, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Ross. Thank you for having me. Hi, Alex. Um, and yes, uh, really pleased to be back and looking forward to this because, um, yeah, much to discuss and a brilliant win at like you say. Um, I'm still quite giddy from it, just um, just how uh, positive I feel after seeing that performance um, after a tough, frustrating draw against Cheltenham. So, um, yeah, good to be here and, yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, let's not muck about then and uh, let's talk about Exeter's game. You know, game on TV, of course, that monkey's off us back now, but you just never know. Um, Exeter, Alex, we're a good team going into that game. Uh, what is your main takeaway from the result? You know, Marcus Harness, Ladapo scoring, clean sheet finally after a, a few games where he conceded. But um, yeah, good three points on the board. Yeah, it's always interesting when you go to the game and then you watch it back on Sky. There's always a very different perspective and I, I re-watched it on Tuesday and... Um, uh, it was great being on the terrace, old school terrace, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. We had a right laugh and we were shouting at the goalkeeper, friendly stuff, you know, and, and their centre back, giving them a bit of humour. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it being on a terrace again. But watching it back, I, I stuck with my same thoughts that Burgess was brilliant. Uh, I thought he was outstanding. He won everything at the back. It was sticking to him. They talked about that on the telly. But then just watching it more, I saw the importance of Morsey. I thought Morsey was was just tying it together so well. I didn't think there was a hugely outstanding player, but I changed my mind about my MOM. I would have given it to Ladapo. I thought Ladapo was absolutely excellent watching it on the television. He was chasing everything in that first half. Everything was at the front of him. He scored the goal. He kept running in the second half, and I thought he was excellent and really good. As for Harness, I saw him given given a throw in away, passing an easy pass away, giving it away again, giving it away again. He does that a lot. And for me, but McKenna obviously loves doing, loves using him and sees something excellent in him and what we do. But overall, I thought the front three, they worked really hard. It was a quiet game for Chaplin, but they are all part of something, aren't they? They're a unit. I thought there were plenty of gears that we we could have gone through that, that we didn't really need to. Um, but what was good was that Exeter, they didn't play it long. 
they wanted to play through the lines as well. And I think that helped us. But also, I think when they did play the long game, Wolfie and Genoi and Burgess were just sweeping up and winning everything in the air. We just looked... They're big boys, aren't they? You've got to get up close to the, to the, to the Renaissance. He's a beautiful, big man. Yeah. Burgess is a monster. Wolfie's a rock. And, and and they just couldn't get really get through us. And they didn't create very much at all. So, yeah, we've just got a professionalism. Like I said on game day, great win. You know, the Sky thing is well and truly buried now, thanks to Kieran. Yeah. And I think we've all got such great faith in McKenna. And um, like I was saying before, I prefer to watch us in away games. I think we've got more chance. There's always 11 men behind the ball in the home games. But away games, we can really show what we can do. And uh, yeah, it was a great trip. Loved it. Yeah, the professional job. And of course, a big shout out to the Southwest branch. Um, they gave me a sticker. Um, so thanks, guys, if you're listening. And some of you listening, um, Southwest branch people, they are listening. Um, Could get words out there, boys. Could get words out there. Deary me. But shout out to them. Always a pleasure. They've had a lot of games this year in terms of down there. You know, Plymouth, Exeter. Uh, they've got Cheltenham and Bristol Rovers to come. So I'm sure they're looking forward to those. Uh, Brad, I want to quickly talk about the goals. Because um, this season we've scored some good goals. But I thought both of the goals... Were pretty good, you know. Definitely the Dapo's goal. When I watched that back, I was I was there in person. I had the probably the best seat in the house to watch it, but I didn't actually think it was as good until I watched it back, and it was a good goal. And uh, yeah, your overall thoughts, mate? Yeah, um, yeah. You say about that goal. Um, I certainly noted before that goal. I, I thought to myself, my God, they're giving Morsey and Humphrey so much space in midfield. I couldn't quite believe it, considering they had um, chose to do a three-five-two rather than. The um, a front three which they had been playing it to. So I was um, really surprised just to see just so much space from a midfield, and that's that's what allowed that goal. It's the fact that I think um, was it Humphreys? Morsey passes to Humphreys. Humphreys got a bit of space, but he goes back to Morsey. Morsey, how quite rarely do you see that in midfield um, between the halfway line and the 18 yard box? A player able to just stand there and have so much time and just take a pass. And um, yeah, that's pretty poor from Exeter because you don't give Sammy Morsey time. I mean, his the amount of qualities that Sam has. Um, and I think that I, I never really appreciate how good he was at passing the ball, um, his passing ability. But certainly that, that moment and also the moment in the second half where he whipped the ball around to um, Ladapo, I think. Or, um, I think it was Ladapo. And um, yeah, he's, like, like Alex said, he was outstanding again. And it's just, we're so used to Morsey being so good but we always we always almost overlook his performance now we look for other players to sort of compliment because we know sammy's going to give us at least an eight out of ten um and uh yeah that was a that was a great goal brilliant by harness for his awareness to to knock it down and like like, like you said alex i agree he gave the ball away a lot but you know what sky sports are like they're going to give him um player of a match aren't they because it was a goal a goal and an assist that he got so um and yeah and on the second goal absolute criminal for Exeter to um, just allow a man to not even have to jump to score a goal from the corner. I don't think I've ever seen that. So, um, so yeah, but we, 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 got, we got both goals and we, we finally hold on to a two-goal lead, uh, which is another achievement. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I thought it was a really accomplished performance for um, Exeter. Yeah, they, they knocked the ball about well. They weren't, I don't think they were poor at all. I just think it was the fact that we were so well-organised, didn't let them have any any space or time on the ball to hurt us. And um, I, I thought we were excellent to a man, and especially Cameron Humphreys. My God, he's going to be a hell of a player. Um, I can't believe just how just how um, quickly his 
he's he's settled into the team and he's looking almost like almost undroppable now in a, in a, in a way. Like I know that if Evans comes back, he's going to take his spot back. Of course he is, but Humphreys has just got something I I, I love I love about a footballer and the fact that he he looks just so comfortable on the ball, so much time on the ball. Um, I think somebody said um, credit Joe Fares on a Blue Monday podcast where he said that count how many times he, he looks down at the ball when he was dribbling it out and played that ball around to Burns. He doesn't look down at the ball once. He just knows where the ball is. And he's going to be a real special player. 19, is he? And I, I likened him actually to a player I used to love watching, um, Peter, Peter, Peter Whittingham, who was a brilliant, brilliant player for Cardiff and uh, many, many years in the championship. And it just the way his just caresses the ball with his left foot, Qualities of how he moves about the pitch, intelligent. Um, it reminded me a lot of Peter and um, a great player he was. But, but yeah, going back to the game, I think it was an excellent performance and settles a few nerves of my own because after those two frustrating draws, I was worried about the players' mentality and just um, if they were going to be able to get back to what we were in a way. But they, they, they passed that test with flying colours. They did indeed. And yeah, as you said, not to lose a two goal lead or, you know, you know, go and to draw two two because you always had that little thing in the gut, like, oh, is that gonna happen? But thankfully they didn't. They got a clean sheet, three points, and looking nice in second in League One. Um, let's move then across to the question of the week. Um Power John's trophy. Uh, we're out of that now. Um two 0 defeat at Portland Road against Pompey. Um, of course, Marcus Arnas of course, came off injured, and that was a frustrating scene. Um, we we don't know just yet. We're recording this on Thursday in terms of how bad it could be. Uh, McKenna wasn't, you know, positive about it in his press conference um, after the game, but we shall wait and see on that. But, um, Alex, the question of the week is, was it the right time to be knocked out of the Pat Jones Trophy? Um, you know, of course, Wembley would have been lovely, but loads of injuries are now rocking up game we've got now free midweek now to be on the training ground and Saturday now Saturday Saturday pretty much so yeah your thoughts yeah I think before this game we would have thought to ourselves what's the nightmare scenario because it's Portsmouth for one who, who likes Portsmouth no one I mean I've been down there a couple of times to watch us play horrible we did beat them four four nil four one a couple of seasons ago with cocky remember when I when I got when I went a bit mad at the end of it because I was so excited um the worst possible scenario would be another game where we dominate and don't score, where Pompey end up winning and we walk away with another attacking injury. And it is, that's exactly what happened. It was the worst. It was the worst of everything, wasn't it? Let, let's be honest. I'm really happy that we lost that game. I'm happy that it's all over um, because I was angry at the Colchester. I remember I got got a bit of heat because of my rant about the Colchester game, but I didn't think that we approached that in the right way and played the right team. McKenna put out a good team for that Papa John's trophy. There was good players out there and enough to really win the game. And I wasn't there, but I've caught up with the highlights. Apparently we did well. Um, first half, we created chances. I've seen that we could have gone ahead. And we could have won it. But then once Harness got injured, we lost our way a little bit. What you've got is you've got that team that hadn't played together before. It's always going to be difficult. Portsmouth were up for it. They played a good side too. And they're a good team, Portsmouth. They are a good team. And when you've got when you've got 25,000, 26,000 in your home games and a sellout support, then you drop to a game that's five, 6,000 attendance. And you've got a totally different team. 
it's very difficult to maintain that momentum and keep winning and keep winning and keep winning. Remember, we've only lost two league games this season. We're nearly halfway through. That's pretty incredible. So to keep winning is difficult. I fully understand certain fans' frustrations that we didn't get the goal and we didn't get a result. And I get that. And there were on our KOA chat, there were a few individuals who remain nameless who were obviously disappointed about it. And I totally understand that. I get it. But in terms of the injuries and in terms of what we're looking to do, I'm glad we lost that game. Um, we cannot afford to lose any more players. And we seriously need, depending on what harness um, injury, the status of it is, we're going to need some help in January. And I think the last two weeks has changed things. And I think that's what Ashton said to me in the last seven days. We're going to need help. So I can't stand Carley. Apparently he was giving it large. He was needed to people. They're only in the last 16 of the pizza. Who gives a monkeys? He's, he's a loser, Carley. I'm sorry, Danny, but I really don't like you. Um, and it's okay. But to get that injury, really gutted. We're out. It's over. We won't get to Wembley in the FA Cup. But you know what? If we do go up, it will be forgotten about and it will be okay. Let's just hope Harness isn't seriously damaged. I heard One final thing. It's a great deal of criticism of Fridge. I've really seen mm. him being hammered by quite a few people. I think we need to lay off. Um, I really do. I, he's, been, he's been a big part of our success and our creation of our success at the back end of last season. He's been out of the side. He's lost form. You know what? There's a few players in this Ipswich team that have lost a fair bit of form of late and they're not getting hammered. OK, Edmondson made mistakes that led to goals. I get that. But he's been a key part of what we're doing. And I really think we need to stay behind the fridge because he has got talent. He has been a good defender and he has been part of our success. So let's leave the fridge alone. I think he was he's a good player and he'll come back to form. Fair play. Well said, my friend. Uh, yeah, Fridge was bad on, on Tuesday night, though. I have to admit, it was very bad. But um, yeah, you know, some players, you know, form up and down. You know, we've got a few players like that. And um, to jump on them straight away and go, oh, they're not good enough. Sometimes, you know, take, you know, be patient, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Brad, where are you at then? Was it the right time for us to be out of the Pizza Trophy? Hopefully, next season, we don't need to worry about it. It could be a forgotten thing. Um, but yeah, out in the last 32. Well, this segment might be more interesting if I disagreed with Alex, but I don't. I completely, I completely agree with him. Damn it! Um, Damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I, yeah, I, I, I've got to admit, I, I, I really don't like the competition. I think that's purely because of the fact that they allow under twenty-three teams to Premier League to play in it. So for me, it just makes it simple, and I, I, I hate to be associated with it. Um, I, I, I'm realistic of where we're at. We're in League One. But at the same time, I look at that competition and being in that competition. And that, that for me, really gets me as to where how far we've fallen, where we're having to play under-23 Premier League sides. Um, so, for me, that's why I just completely disregard it. And I'm, I'm happy we're out. I, OK, um, I'll take it back. I obviously don't want to lose the game. Like I, I want to win every game. But I can understand... Uh, what we need to try, what we're trying to achieve this season, and having a Mickey Mouse competition like that, which we don't need to be involved in, where we've got a key player injured yet again, we just don't need it. We just simply don't need it. And um, I know, I know people say, "Well, it's, it's, a, it's a trip to Wembley, it's a trip to Wembley," but I feel that strongly against the competition. I don't really even want to go to Wembley in this competition. Like I've seen, I've seen Norwich get promoted to the Premier League from Wembley a few years ago. He's, Wembley is a famous, famous stadium, and is is our only 
memory for New Wembley going to be going there as a Papa John's finalist. I, I just hate the thought of it anyway, so I'm glad they're out. <laughs> um, call me crazy, but, but I don't want to go to Wembley in, in the Papa John's trophy. I want to go there if we're um, going to get to the playoff final. Hopefully we don't need to, or um, on the way to the Premier League maybe. But, um, but yeah, as Alex said, lads be out. And um, just, just please... No more injuries because um, we're down to the bare bones now. Where you've got um, Harness and John Jules on that left-hand side, are both out now. So Carlin was just going to have to start, isn't he? I don't see how we can not start Carl now, which is good for him. But who's who's behind him now? Who's who's going to come on and be the Carl Edwards that was coming off the bench in a weird way? So so yeah, um, really 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 crap night all around. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're out. And let's let's move on to a proper com- cup competition on Sunday. Indeed, my friend. And yeah, good point, actually. I didn't think that. Because, of course, I think we just want to go to Wembley, don't we? Um, but yeah, our first ever trip to New Wembley in the Peak Trophy. would Like, we would have still sold 40,000, you know, 50,000. I'm sure we would have done our allocation. But yeah, to actually think there's other clubs who have been at Wembley for like the playoff final. Yeah, sadly, Norwich, they've been there a few times because of... Um, winning the playoffs and getting to the Premier League, but to actually go, yeah, we're there in the Pizza Trophy. Um, of course, it would still have been good. I still would have enjoyed it, of course. I know Andy Warren, he loves that competition. I'm sure that would have been the perfect sort of tick on his list. Um, but but yeah, we're out and um, hopefully we won't ever need to talk about it again. So this could be the last time we have to talk about it, boys. So there we go. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, well, let's talk then about another big competition and it is to strike Alex Brad. Battle, head to head, and I've had to change one of my questions because Alex said he's done some research on Tommy Miller, and um, of course Tommy Miller, assistant manager at Buxton, um, and he was one of my questions, and I thought, well, he may, he may know one of the answers, so I've had to change it. And while they've been talking, I have found another question. Um, so, boys, let's bring you in then. Um, questions, of course, linked to birthdays in November plus Buxton. Um, so, first question is on. One of my weirdly favourite players, he wasn't the greatest, he wasn't the quickest, but just something about him I just loved about him, and that is Darren Curry. People will be laughing at me, but it, I don't know, it's just something yeah. about Darren Curry. I just I liked I him. I liked him too. Um, wasn't the quickest, but he had something about him and had scored a few free kicks, scored in his debut against against QPR. Um, but now, what is his middle name, though, boys? What is his middle name? Is it Paul, <laughs> Tony, or John? And, of course, he's got... Um, <laughs> He's got uh, a famous not really. uh, uncle. Well, that, that it's basically because of curry, you know, Ruby, you know. I just curry. say that, can you hear me? Yeah. I just say Richarlison's just flicked the ball in the air and scored a volley for a Brazil Ooh. around the penalty spot to make it 2-0. Um, gorgeous goal. You'll That's be reminded that me what I wanted to say about on the Papa John's chat. Sorry, but going back. We look like a World Cup team on, on that night. If you've watched any of these World Cup games, all of these players are thrown together. Yes, there's some good players, but there's, they're not a cohesive unit. And that was Tuesday yeah. night for me. Anyway, moving on. That's fine. That's fine. Um, no, I'm going to go for I'm going to go for the the first name that you said, Ross. Paul. Paul. Thank you, Darren Paul Curry. Darren Paul Curry. What are you going for? I'll go um, for John. John. Yeah, I'll go for John. It's, it's everyone's middle name, isn't it? So. Yeah, pretty much out there. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, Darren has got a famous uncle called Tony, um, but it isn't Tony. It is Paul. So Alex gets the point. So yeah, Darren Paul Curry. <laughs> and he's, if you're watching on video, you can see 
And it's going mental. He's going mental. I'm I never win here. these things. Well, you can start <laughs> here, mate. Um, question two, make it 2-0, or is Brad going to pull back? Um, Thomas Garso, yeah. remember him? Mm. Um, he played for which country? Denmark, Norway, or Sweden? Um, gone, of course, the, the easy route doing all the Scandinavian countries. Brad, um, I, I know what the answer is, so you go yeah, first. Yeah, I, I, I do as well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, on three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, got it. One, two, Denmark. three, Denmark. Yes, it is Denmark. So it's 2-1. There we go. Um, question three is on Tony Mowbray. Mogger, mm-hmm. what a man. Yeah, um, legend. Um, at Sunderland, their manager now. Uh, of course, he scored a famous goal for us at Wembley. Um, one of the one of the four, of course, goals at I Wembley. Was there. there we go. I was there. Were you? Yeah, I was How six. You? <laughs> I was That's six. depressing. And yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember two goals. I remember Craig Hiddenett's first, which went in up off uh, Richard Wright's. Yeah, off his head. Yeah, off his, um, off his, yeah. Uh, yeah. My dad tells me I was crying. And um, yeah, I remember. I remember Mogger's actually. I somehow don't remember any goals after that. I don't know if I was just twiddling my thumbs for the game and not watching. But yeah, yeah. great day. Well, um, it is talking about Mogger's goal. But who crossed the ball for his header against Barnsley? Was it Jamie Clapham, Jim McGilton, or Jermaine Wright? Um, yeah, I know. Once again, yeah. Alex, you know this? Well, I, I bloody should do. <laughs> Take it away, then, boys. Take it away, then. Oh, Alex, you've done yourself bad here. It's Jim Jilton. It's because it, it came from the right, didn't it? So it wouldn't yeah. have been Clapham. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a douche. It's fine. It's fine. You wanted, you wanted to make it yeah. interesting. You just wanted to make it interesting. It's now 2-2. You just wanted to make it interesting. Well done, Brad. You Second phase to... of the corner, wasn't it? I think it came back out yeah, to well, Jim. And then he yeah, crossed yeah, whatever. Yeah. I've seen it so many what? times. I don't remember that part as a six-year-old, but I remember I've seen it so many times. Yeah, yeah. I had to. Um, to be fair, I did have to quickly rewatch it back um, this afternoon because I knew it was going to be part of the question on the strike. I just wanted to just double check. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's question four. And this is a question I had to basically find out of nowhere um, when Alex, you know, told me you knew all things Tommy Miller. Um, but we've also got another birthday this month. And it's a Frenchman's birthday, Manuel Fatiz. Um, he joined town from which Spanish team in 1998? Um, was it Villarreal, Seville, or Real Betis? Um, I do have a tiebreaker if needed, um, but yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you reckon, then, boys? Yeah. Joined yet? Yeah, 1998. Um, Brad, I know, I know what I'm going to say, Brad. So you can say it first. Okay, I'm going to say Betis. Okay. Yeah, well, I was, yeah. Thetis, Thetis from Betis. Yeah. Well, you're both actually incorrect. It's actually Seville. <laughs> so, well, there we go. Uh, well, tiebreaker is needed after all, which is um, beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, of course, uh, normally, if you get a bang on, you can take away the crown. But this week, it's just the closest to the correct answer. And, um, Depends if you've done your research, and I always worry about this when I do capacity of stadiums. I never know if you did quick do the research, and of course, as standard, what is the capacity of the tarmac Silverland Stadium, the home of Buxton? <laughs> wow, <laughs> me. okay, it's a, great name. it's a great name. 
great night. It's a great day. I didn't um, need to know. It was playing at home. Yeah, oh, I know. But got, I, I did get um, a Buxton question in there. Um, I didn't really know what else in terms of doing questions on Buxton. Um, I don't tell. I had a lot of grass on the pitch anyway. But they play on oh, a 3G pitch. On a 3G pitch. That's a little little thing there. A 3G pitch. They've only got they've got a few seated stands, but most of it is of course terrace. Um, or just basically just standing. You okay. Seven fifty. Um, um they are so I reckon a similar size to Bracknell, I'd say two and a half thousand. Yeah, Alex is completely way off. Um, <laughs> you got to give them more credit than that. They are a National League North side now. So well, I, just think of, a... I was thinking of Saffron Walden, the Bloods, and I'm sure yeah. they could get about 800. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually 4,000. 4,000. Oh. They, um, they, um, yeah, it's uh, 490 seated, and then you know, the rest is just standing up and God, go I'm dreading with these things. Um, but yeah, Brad, you have won. Um, can we, um, well done. <laughs> I was going to say another word there, but I couldn't yeah. say it. Thank, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I feel quite bad for winning, actually, because Alex really wanted to win. I feel quite bad now. So I had my moment in the sun. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I got that um, from my years of watching Low Stuff Town. So I've watched a lot of non-league football and how many people can you cram into a football stadium and how far back can they stand? So, yeah. So, yeah. Never well, mind. How big, how, big, how big was Bracknell? How many could you get there? Was it 2,000? Um, let me double check. But um, I, I once again, I'm sure they can't fit 4,000 probably there. I think that's more... It's, that is there, but I'm sure it would just... No one can see. But Bracknell, 1,950. So Yeah, because, yeah, 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 750 was a stupid answer. Anyway, that's moving fine. on. It's fine, mate. It's fine. But Brad has won this week. Um, but good effort, Alex. You were once again. You went to the tiebreaker, and you got the first two questions right. Um, oh, yeah. Just, just, yeah. I'm a really good value loser. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I like, like to hear. Um, now, Alex, it's, it's, apparently this is your time to shine because we are going to have nice little memories of Tommy Miller. Um, of course, what a player for town. Um, you know, two spells at the club, scored loads of penalties, scored loads of goals. Um, great celebrations. Um, he's the assistant manager of Buxton. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be weird to see him on the touchline. Um, but yeah, Alex, what's your memories of good old Tommy? Well, penalties, for one. He never missed a penalty for town. Um, and in his career, he had 34 and I think scored 33 and only missed one for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, obviously, you said he had two spells, uh, loads of appearances, 186 appearances, 39 goals. But I watched um, a podcast called Under the Cosh from about two or three years ago with John Parkin and another ex-pro and another guy who doesn't have a name. And Tommy Miller was on it. And he talked a great deal about his two spells. Was and obviously, he had lots to say. And he, he came across as a really, really top guy, actually, really down to earth and very honest. He was signed by Burley, and um, but only on the season that we went down. And then over the next two years, he was involved in that team that was in the playoffs. And lost both times to West Ham. And he was a key part of that team. There was 117 appearances in his first spell with 29 goals. And he was just saying that one of the seasons, it was, he worked under Joe Royal. And he was saying that one of the seasons that they were top of the league, they were cruising, they went to Tenerife in January. They went out on a big piss up. And Joe Royal was there and he said, right, we'll get there on a Saturday night. And Joe Royal was like, he just said to you, he said, you know, do you know what, lads? I don't want to see you until Tuesday night. You can go away and do whatever you want. Just just do whatever you like. And I don't want to see you till two o'clock. 
Uh, sorry, till Tuesday night. And if any of you get in before 4 a.m., there's something wrong with you. So he said, off, off we went. And we went out and we went out and we got on the last. He said, Magilton was mad for it. Always the leader. And he talked about Horlock and Thatcher and all these players and stuff. And um, he, he had, he, he was really interesting. And he played under these managers. They got back from Tenerife and then they blew it, didn't they? But he also said that he went to Magilton. Uh, he went back to Ipswich with Magilton. And Keane and Magilton had a row about it because Keane was at Sunderland. And Magilton was, and Miller was going to go to Preston, who were above Sunderland at the time. And Keane was giving it all this to Magilton, saying, you've got to get, he's got to get, got to get him to Ipswich. He played at Preston seven games and then he went back to Ipswich for a second spell, but was less impressive. He talked about Fanidi George saying that he could play for 10 minutes. And then after that, he was absolutely knackered. He had nothing. There was no way he was 34. He was more like 40. And he had all these interesting stories. Look it up under the cosh with Tommy Miller. Really good stuff. I remember him actually scoring plenty of long range goals, never missing a penalty. He was obviously a key player with Ipswich uh, in that time under Joe Royal. He said that he loved playing under Joe Royal. He had that freedom and he really enjoyed playing for him. He asked him about George Burley. And he was like, because he's a Geordie lad, isn't he? Or he's from that weird northeast. And he's like, you know, yeah, George was all right, you know, liked a drink. And 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 we that's very common knowledge about Mr. George Burley. I don't think I'm speaking out of tone there. I've seen George Burley myself on the King's Road, absolutely battered. So he talks about him really interesting. He wasn't effusive in his praise. And he also talked about Roy Keane and how his his man management skills just weren't really there, but he wasn't overly critical. So a really top guy, and I think it'll be hopefully he'll be looked at with real affection because he was very close to getting us back in the Premier League. Um but that second spell, he wasn't as successful. I've got here 69 appearances, 10 goals. But those two seasons, we were eighth and ninth. Then Keane came in and Miller had already signed for Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, Keane's like, oh, I bet you weren't expecting to see me again. And he's like, no, I wasn't. But you know what? I'm off to Sheffield Wednesday anyway, so I couldn't give a monkeys. Good luck, lads. And uh, he was quite relieved that he was leaving Ipswich to Roy Keane. And he said that he was given a lot of money. I wasn't able to get them over the line. It was a phrase that he kept using. But a really top fella, very interesting footballer, quite humble. Um, good player. He was a good player, wasn't he? He was uh, scored, never missed a penalty for Ipswich, which is incredible. Um, great penalty taker. And uh, yeah, just one of those journeyman pros who I'm sure will speak very affectionately about the club when he comes back this weekend. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've, I've watched that interview and it was a really good interview. Um, and yeah, of course, that they he, he brings out or on the course, they bring out more like, you know, drinking and stuff like that and everything like that. And it's it's good, good insight. Um, but yeah, Tommy, what a player, Brad. What a player. Once again, it's more part of our era when, you know, when we were kids growing up watching Tommy play, um, you know, great partnership with Darren Ben, Chef Dicucci, Pablo. Um, Brad, take it away. Your memories of him. Yeah. Um... Yeah, well, he, was, he was a brilliant player and um, an excellent finisher, wasn't he? Um, just some of the goals that he scored, um, just brilliant low-driven strikes into the corner of the net or arriving late in the bo- in the box from across and just side-fed in like Frank Lampard in his heyday. And, uh, yeah, a, a, a great a great player for town and I really remember remember those years under Royal and how it was like I was just really taken in football by then and I was really... Um, able to watch it and go home and remember what happened, basically. And, um, yeah, I, I loved watching him play because you had Magillan sort of um, in front of the back four 
or back five, wherever we played. And um, Tommy was ahead of him, and Tommy Tommy didn't really he he was a he was a he, he wasn't exactly the most technical. He wasn't Jim, was he? He wasn't he wasn't the Jewel, but he had a hell of an engine. And he knew where to be. He arrived late in the box. A great relationship with Pablo, um, and just a really good pro and just a really good player to have in your team. Um, and yeah, a, a great guy. Like you said, obviously it's the same interview and uh, some of the stories he has. Um, and I actually think he looks better now with a beard. I think he should have grown that beard probably 20 years ago. He actually looks younger now. I don't know how that's possible, but. In that first, in that first spell, he was like early twenties, and he does not look early twenties. I'm, I'm 28, and I, I, I look younger than what he did then. But, um, but yeah. Anyway, fantastic player. Um, don't remember absolutely massively in depth about every little moment because of my age. I was, I was about between like 10 and 13 on that first spell, and then um, in his later spell, he he didn't do quite as quite as well as what would before he would but that was that's what Jim did he brought back Tommy he brought back Pablo um and that was just that was great seeing them two plays again really weren't it so um yeah uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him this weekend and maybe he'll come on the pitch and take the win and penalty for Buxton and uh, well, I don't know they might sub him on they probably ought to there's no there's not be any penalty taker on that pitch better than for better than him I bet he still bangs him in at home despite a goal on the guard so um quality quality player yeah, he was indeed. And yeah, as, as we said already, a top bloke as well. He was back, of course, at Porton Road a few weeks back for the Derby game. And um, I'm sure, you know, he's still got so much affection for the club as well, which is good to hear. And, you know, in the um, interview Andy did um, on the main podcast with him, you know, one day him and Pablo coming in together as management duo at a football club, that would be great to see. Um, well, let's talk then about the Buxton game. FA Cup, second round, Sunday at 5pm. Um yeah, 5pm on a Sunday, which is just ridiculous. But it is happening. Um, Buxton, National League North side, uh, won promotion recently to that division. Um, another non-league team in the FA Cup. We beat Bracknell in the first round. We've actually got some exciting games for once. Uh, normally, we, we look for the draw and go, OK, so now a league one's high. Um, but Alex, what are your hot takes for the game? For the sublime to the ridiculous? Over to you, my friend. Well, it's a lose-lose, isn't it? No matter what. I mean, it's 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 a tricky one. It really is. I I pray for patience. You know that we don't get ratty. Just um, at the Bracknell game when it was nil-nil at halftime. You know, we'd like to exhaust teams with the way that we keep the ball, and we like to stretch them. And um, you know, we should be fine. Good goodness me, we have to be fine. Of course. We should win. I'm not going to say, of course, we'll win because we know what it switches about. There's no point saying that. Um, hot takes. Um, I don't know. They've moved it, haven't they, for US television? Well, it's overseas, I think. Or overseas so, coverage yeah. for Buxton Ipswich. I mean, we're on another level these days, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. It's never happened before. It's never been done before. Um, something weird's going to happen. It will, it will. It's it's, it's like a witching hour, five o'clock on a Sunday. No one should be playing football at seven o'clock on a Sunday. I mean, against Buxton in a cup tie. So it's either a streaker. It's it's a red <laughs> it's a red it's a red card of some description. It has to be. I, I my hot take is that you know we should put seven on them, but we won't, and um, that there might be some some nudity or something will break. So whether that's a light or um, or um, a, a linesman, a linesman will seriously injure 
themselves. Um, but there will be something that has absolutely nothing to do with the game. Okay, I'll put it out there now. I won't be doing that, boys. I won't be streaking. But um, if there is, yeah, if, if it does, like Brad, you, are, you, are you in a game, Brad, or not? Is it? No, I'm, I'm not going on Sunday. Uh, no, so, I, yeah, I, it won't, won't be him. It won't be Brad then. It won't be Brad. It's fine. No, no, no. Um, I've been known for it, but no. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, well, my hot take. I think an Ipswich Town player scores a hat trick. Hanson won him in a long time. I think one of our players is going to bag a hattie. Might be Ladapo, probably will be Ladapo out of anyone. Um, just got to get his noggin on, on anything that comes into the box or his toe, which he's pretty good at, isn't he? So, um, yeah, I reckon I reckon we'll get a, play, a player, we'll get a hattie. Um, yeah, I, I never thought this game would be on telly because of the fact that, the, the fact that we're at home, they normally give TV games to teams who um, have got the home fixture themselves against a, a bigger club to bring in the, the money, bring in the sort of um, uh, FA Cup feel, or there could be an upset here. But, you know, I don't, well, I've put my mortgage on it. You're not going to see an upset on Sunday. There you go, document that. Um, yeah, I, I'll be surprised if there's anything less than four goals, to be honest, that we win by, because there'll be a big crowd. Yes, they'll probably defend brilliantly, but. I just can't see us having less than 80% possession. Um, I can't see us not having our strongest team out. I think McKenna will pretty much go for his strongest team. I don't think it'll be like Bracknell. I think he will go strong. Um, I know we got a game on the Friday. But maybe maybe you say Janoy doesn't, or or Davis. Maybe um, Greg Lee plays instead of Davis. But I think the team will be the strongest it can be, um, barring maybe resting one play or two. So... Um, I'm looking forward to just getting through and seeing our name in the draw for the third round. It's been a long time, hasn't mm. it? And hopefully draw them lot up the road because um, I work at North Suffolk, work in, um, like in Bungie, and a lot of Norwich fans live there. Very, It's quite close to Norwich. I do. I, I always remind them, you are in Suffolk. But, um, but yes, they, they all say, you'll beat us if you play us now. You'll 100% beat us. Mm. I say, oh, I know. I know we will, so let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is the easiest chance to get to the third round we've ever had in League One. You know, this four seasons in League One, and we've we've not we've been to the second round once. Um, <laughs> and other times, you know, we lost against Barrow in a replay last year. Um, so yeah, um, Alex, you know, this I'll, I'll sort of want to talk about which team we will put out, but we. We haven't really got much of a team to put out at the moment because we've got so many injuries, but it's a chance for Gasana had me to possibly start, maybe him to really kickstart his town career finally. Um, and as Brad said, maybe it's maybe still rests a few players. Maybe or well, Leif Davis, he, just, he probably doesn't need to play in this game. Greg Lee's just come back. He he played a good hour against um, Portsmouth without John, so it's maybe a good opportunity for him to have a play a full 90 minutes. But any other players you'd like to see? You maybe keep um, Vaclav Alanki a goal. Maybe it's a game Walton doesn't need to play. But yeah, what, what do you reckon? It's interesting, Brad was talking about a really strong team. I, I think, I, I really don't know what he's going to do. I mean, in Panucci Camera has yet to shine, has he? He's yet to really do anything really positive. He's um, he's just come back from injury, hasn't he? He's come back from a long injury and he's done, they were saying, I was reading that he didn't look ready against Portsmouth. He didn't look match fit. He wasn't there yet. You'll probably want to get more minutes in there. 
I think McKenna will be really worried about the squad at the moment. We, we really can't afford any more going down. We're so strung out now, especially in forward positions, that it's a bit of a worry. So I'm not, I have no idea what team he's going to pick on Sunday. And I think, um, can he afford to experiment? Can he afford to rest? Does he want to rest those key players? Does he want to wrap Freddie in, in Cottonwall? Does he want to make sure that Chappers is okay? Does he want to maybe not play those players and gamble? with a, a, a team that isn't, you know, because it is just Buxton. That's no disrespect, but we should, we're a professional club. We should beat Buxton with whoever we put out, really. Um, I'm fascinated. I, I don't know. I, I'd love to, I, I was excited about Kamara, but it hasn't happened yet for him, has it? Um, Greg Lee was a monster before he got injured, but again, he was injured with a nasty fracture. So I just want to win. I just want to win, but, Let's be honest, you know, I'd like to get Liverpool in the cup. I'd like to go to Anfield. I've never been to Anfield. I'd love to get through the third round. But I don't know if Brad feels the same. I'm really, I'm beyond, I'm past caring about it because our focus has to be the league fully. And and McKenna will be a little bit worried. And I seriously think we're going to invest in January. I think we're going to have to. Um, but it's not on telly, is it? So we won't get to see it. I don't know if it's on iFollow. I, I'm assuming not. No, just overseas. Um, so if you want to quickly knit to, you know, France or something. Seychelles. Let's pop to the Seychelles yeah. for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm up yeah. for that. Um, yeah, I'm fascinated. I, do we know what team he's going to pick? Is it worth giving Keo more time? Is it the experience? Get him going up to speed in case we get another centre-back injury. Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see. We'll have too much for them. And then look forward to the draw. But I'm way more focused on Fleetwood, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, league League One is priority. Get out of this league, finally. And we don't need to worry about the first or second round of the FA Cup. It'll be the third round once again. Just like the Pepper Johns. Goodbye. Goodbye, first, second round of the FA Cup. Um, Brad, it's been a lovely jam-packed show. And it's been nice, short and sweet. Um, but any other business, my friend? Any other business you want to mention? Take it away. Um, yeah, just that thing that Alex said, but look, uh, we're not going to not get to the third round, are we? I mean, come on, we are going to get to the third round, but I'm not fussed about a cup run. I'd just like to get into the third round and play somebody the level above and um, test ourselves against them. Or like you say, a big Premier League title would be great. Great day out. Um, what, what I really don't want is us to get a lead one or a lead two side. And um, uh, you know what? If we do go out to a lead one of the lead two side in the third running of pick up, I still won't really care because it's not. I love I love the FA Cup. I respect it, but everything this year is on the lead. Everything. And like Hannah said, the injuries are building up. Yeah, I said we'd go for a strong side, but that's purely because of my thoughts. The fact that um, Tuesday night we treated that game as well. It's almost like the reserve sort of fixture in a way where. I know we still had strong players out, but I, I think that maybe we'll uh, start start strong and maybe take players off in, in the second half and yeah, rest myself and play players like that. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, just just do a win on Sunday. But I'm I'm already focused on Friday next Friday night, obviously. Um, more so than I am, but I am this Friday night. There's a, apparently a, a game going on in uh, Qatar which involves our country and another country. So, but no, it's, it's all about Fleetwood Ipswich for me. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah, at the moment, by the way, I know 
small volumes will be going out with people. But um, at the moment, just everything is just all up in the air, like fixtures. Like Friday, Fleetwood. Sunday, the extra game was Saturday at 12. You know, Tuesday night games, they've been just here, there, and everywhere, haven't they? In terms of, I just, I just, want, I just want a Saturday 3 p.m. or 7.45 Tuesday. That is what I want. Um, Friday so night suits us, we're good yeah, under the lights yeah. because you can't defend every ball that comes into the box because eventually you're going to be dazzled by the floodlights. So that's what happens. That's why we won 3 0 against Cambridge. So that's my logic for us comfortably beating Fleetwood this week. Pumping ball on the ball in the, into the box. One player's gone blind and then we've, we've, we've locked one in. So there you go. Yeah, Ross. Every, uh, Ross, every single fixture in January, I've got the Those Are the Days website up. Every single fixture in January is a Saturday, three o'clock. Oh, but then so I that's, don't know. That's January yeah, sorted. Something, no, something will happen, mate. We'll get maybe guy coverage or maybe just gets moved. So, but um, I'm just yeah. I'm just looking at December and Fleetwood at home, then Peterborough at home, then Wickham away. Oxford at home and then Portsmouth away and then we go into January. So, yeah, we, obviously we'll do. You'll be doing more pods to talk about the excitement of December, but mm-hmm. to me, that's the month. That's the month yeah. we need to get. You know, we need to get Lee Evans back. That's yeah. huge. Um, give Humphreys a little bit of a break. I, I did feel that in the Exeter game, just to finish, I, 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 I saw how much we did. We do miss Evans. I think he brings something huge for us. Humphreys has been great, don't get me wrong. What a talent, you know, superb. But I do love Evans and the way he switches play very quickly. And Evans was 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 our best player before he before he got the injury, especially with Wes Burns still off the boil for me. We all love Wes, but where is he? He's, he's, he I, to me anyway, and I love Wes, and I'm sure he'll get back to where. But but it's been a while. He's he's been off off beam a little bit. So get Evans back. Get key players back. You know, get through Christmas with a few wins and God, then we go into the new year really optimistic because I guarantee you we're going to get some names in in January. I really believe that. How many do you reckon, Alex? How many are we going to get in in January, do you think? A number? Well, I think I think the harness thing will, will be a factor. I think if harness is out for a considerable amount of time, let's say six weeks, um, I think they'll want to bring in an attacking option. I would say I'd say at least two will come in. Yeah, I, I, I think I think a striker, um, a harness replacement is likely. Um, I could even see an experienced head in, um, maybe, maybe an experienced head at the back. I never got Keo, but maybe just like um, if I compare a signing last year, um, Sunderland signing Danny Bath got him over the line. Um, some something like that I could see where we we just bolster and strengthen even more, and this. Well, this chat the other, the other day with Ashton um, but still and Andy did he, he said that we've already got deals down the line so I, I'm expecting players to come in the first week of January to be honest what a way it's I, I think there's always a danger if there's if three or four come in I don't think that's necessarily a great thing I think that's a lot to integrate in a very short period of time I think with the injuries there might be number, there might be three or four it very very potentially I hear Whitaker is, a, is being talked about isn't it Johnson Clark Harris um, etc. Is that his name? Is that his name? Um, yes, yeah. yeah, and but we have to invest now. They have to. There is a history here. There's a precedent of us being top at Christmas or top, at, you know, under Mick McCarthy, and us not investing, and us being um, investing in Marcus Stewart, which is the famous one, of course, from a rival. I think it's stickle, it's stick or twist, and I think they'll twist. I think they're prepared to invest that money 
just to try and give Kieran McKenna everything he can to get us over the line because we've got the right manager, we've got the right infrastructure, we've got the fans, it's all there. So now it's just, well, we actually need an emergency here. We've got too many players out. Two or three season-ending injuries is is really gutting. And I think the big loss was John Jules. I think he really was. That was a lovely little attacking option, especially coming off the bench. So, yeah, I think, Ross, you're going to have some fascinating pods coming up. It's all all going to be good. But please, please, let's have a good December and January. And then I think we'll be okay. Indeed, my friend. Bring it on. Well, boys, it's been one hell of a show. I've enjoyed it. I um, hope you've enjoyed it too, Brad. Alex, you enjoyed it? You enjoyed chatting with me? Of and course, yourselves? Yeah. Always. 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 It's good. Always it's good. a Thank pleasure, Always a pleasure. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Um, and yeah, of course, as Alex said, stay tuned. I'm sure we'll be bringing you loads of content around you know, the December fixtures, transfer rumours or transfer rumours, and uh, hopefully a lot of them will be confirmed transfers. Um, so yeah, we're bringing that. Um, as always, Big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Manscape. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery at manscape.com. And then also Ginger Pickle. If you're in a pickle, make sure to check out Ginger Pickle for all your marketing needs. Uh, shout out to Tony Southgate, of course, um, sorting that sponsorship out. Um, of course, if you go into the game, enjoy. Um, look forward to the third round draw, which should be hopefully in the hat. Um I don't want to speak too soon, but you'd think we would be. And um, if you aren't going to the game, of course, follow all the content, all the coverage we bring you. And I'll be back next week for many more pods and other content. So, um, yeah, bye-bye for now. Alex, Brad, thank you. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.